Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This week I spoke with Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast about roster evaluation and the importance of doing that this time of year in Dynasty Leagues. We also looked at 2022 rookie takeaways based on how their season went, what we think about them, where we're ranking them, and also dipped our toes a little bit into 2023 rookie evaluations. But yeah, just just a little bit, just a few off the top things we've noticed from this year's rookie class and what we expect from them heading into the following season. Let me know what you think. I really enjoy talking to Zach, as I always do, and I uh, hope you enjoy it too. But uh, yeah, let's get to it. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and at once. So, yeah, the way I've been starting it lately, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast, the last and only independent podcast on the interwebs, is uh, to ask who you are and what do you do. So, could yeah, let, do that, and then I'll put it at the start, and it'll sound like we're somewhat professionals. I mean, Peter, <laughs> if, if, if anybody listening to this has been listening to your show uh, for any length of time, they already know that I am the guest that you get when you can't get anybody else uh, any better you can't get any good guests and you're like zach hey can you come on and uh and fill up like an hour and a half two hours and i'll, I'll edit it down to 35 minutes of actual uh consumable content but but yeah zach reed at tacit assassin 13 on twitter with the dynasty dummies uh at j mike check uh is is my better half and i have it under good authority that perhaps it will be a a triumphant triumvirate uh, yet again uh, at some point with uh, with the the fabled famed Kyle LeBrec uh, donning the mic again, and so um, I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, but but in the meantime, Peter, we've got the crossroads. I am already fast forwarded into rookie season i know not everybody's there but that's that's where my head is at because i have to in order for me to to be any value to anybody listening i have to watch a whole bunch of players and it takes time to watch players it's not i can't scrape data and and put it into a spreadsheet and pop out the you know the magic numbers that that tell me who i should be looking at for for the draft so I'm I'm in full rookie mode. I know you're not ready to do rookies, or you're not quite there with your with your database, and that's fine. Um, so well, no. Like, <laughs> so I mean, we're at this weird part of the year where, like, I think maybe the the most important thing for people playing dynasty is like team evaluation, like self reflection, like look at your team and go okay, what realistically, what is this team next year? Is this one I have to tear down? Is this one I can start adding, uh, you know, more valuable pieces and, and, and try to just kind of plus up a little bit? Or is this one where I should just relax and, and hang, you know, hang tight and, and use my 23 rookie picks to bolster my team, but not, not make too many moves because, I, I did well enough, and I think that's kind of where we're at right now, but I don't know if that's a show, Peter. Um, It's all a show, man. You just record it, you put it out, you call it content. No, I, I used to love this time of year because um, 
there's so much to do and there's less weekly pressure on it. So I could just investigate stuff. But I feel like I've um, cooked myself a little bit because I'm now trying to do rookie stats as early as possible or at least get the basics down so I'm ready to do them when I'm doing it. Right. Like I'm trying to do so many things at the same time when really I I feel like this is a time for team evaluation, like you said, which is an important area of Dynasty and one we probably should make more content about in general. But also um, NFL about like the whole season is now in the books. So you get to actually yeah. go see what did I get right? What did I get wrong? What was different? What can I learn? What do I need to adjust? And instead we're immediately, what do you think of this rookie? And I'm like, we've got three <laughs> months. Could you all just back up? Like we could get so much. I could get so much done. And then um, instead you're trying to do it all at the same time. You're trying to do the best job you can. Um, and that's, that's not like a content creator. I think that's, just playing dynasty like we're immediately like okay that's done rookie who and <laughs> I, I think like you take a couple of weeks like seriously i mean some people just stop thinking about fantasy for a while and honestly i can really appreciate that because we just had a week by week roller coaster of emotions and energy <laughs> and now you're like well i wonder what my family's doing up there so maybe go check that out maybe go see if they enjoyed christmas or something and, and that's a good way of doing it, too. But when you come back, you still have extra time to maybe just reevaluate your season. Instead, we often try and re crunch that back in by the time the after the NFL draft, after all that excitement's done. We're like, OK, what happened last year and what should I expect this year? And so I've got this. Uh, what I try and do is all this assessment at the same time I'm gathering rookie data, which is a me problem. And then I go into <laughs> rookies. And then when I come back. When it comes back to the draft or after the draft, then I reassess trends, like what happened last year, so what we should expect this year. One of the strong things I found and suspected would work and did this year, and we'll keep tracking it, is patterns of production in the NFL. Like last year, we had some really weird, and typically you do because they're not continuous every season. Uh, breakout and repeat years like we had way too many repeats at one position and way too many breakouts in another year and this year it inverted which is why i was why we were talking around the dynasty grind every week i was like this is going to be a bad fantasy season to find in this way and yeah it reverted and it kind of predicts like next year's all about running backs which is kind of what we suspected based on those trends from last off season and so i kind of like that stuff but at the same time, I'm trying to cram in rookie IDs and trying to figure out. Um, and I was just wondering, have you ever found yourself and what makes you, if so, change your opinion on a player? Oh, yeah. From a rookie, obviously. But I mean, rookies, quite strongly, after one year of data, I get the impression quite often you see what you expected to see more often than not because you're good. But has there any been any that radically changed? Oh, he's actually not exactly what i thought he was he's something distinctly different can you think of any examples like that well i'm i'm, I'm gonna kind of spin it back but th this this was an interesting class peter and we talked about this before uh the our rookie drafts last year so like leading up to the nfl draft after the nfl draft where this class and and specifically the receivers in this class there was so little to break up the 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 tiers of receivers where you know you and i both had Traylon burks up at the top i had uh garrett wilson as a as a pretty clear second and then that group of pickens bell drake london jameson williams chris olave uh christian watson 
Justin Ross, like those were all like really in a similar tier for me talent wise. And it was hard to pick out who was going to be the, the breakouts or who were going to be the breakouts. As it turned out, you, you had were really hard pressed to pick wrong out of that crew. Unless you, unless you took David Bell early, early, um, but like that, and and I think he's probably the one. Skymo was a trap this year. It feels like at wide receiver, he was the only one with but, and, ranked above other players who did better. But but and but Sky Moore was the player for me. I like that was my write up. Was he's a trap? I said he was a Wolverine trap. Like that's, that's what. what I, like, uh, yeah, Pat pat myself on the back too like i have i sidestepped him but i think that was like if you drafted Olave or wilson um or london and even burks honestly i yeah. i don't think you're like ah lost another rookie pick like no. i think i think there are all pickings for that matter i think they're all right markedly positive it is an interesting class in that way in that they all did well in if you sum it up or list broad scale, it's one of the better rookie classes ever. And I like a lot of these players. They're all very high valued. I'm going to put all this up front, like, like these players and Christian Watson too. Yep. But um, like, I don't see a stud stud among the bunch. And that's kind of where we're at too. I think that might be part of why they're, and by stud stud, I mean something ridiculous, as you can tell by the term, but there's no, there's no, Justin Jefferson standing out. Right. There's no uh, AJ Brown standing out. There's no right. Calvin Johnson in this group. Not that, unless it's a delayed version, because we do get those. DeAndre Hopkins took a minute right. and had a fine, and Devontae Adams took it the longest, I think, for that particular group. And I think that's what is still disquieting me about this class. Like, you've got a lot of, um, how should we define them? Uh, Jarvis Landry's. No, that's no, a little maybe- unfair. I mean, there there are a good bunch play. of uh, yeah, there are a bunch of really good players. There are, there are guys that are going to sneak into that second tier where you've got like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Waddle, and that like because yeah. I, I think Wilson and Olave are in that tier or just on the cusp of that tier already. And if you look at DLF ADP, they're already in there. People are already excited about them. So if you if you drafted those <laughs> players, which Again, we we kind of came into this last year saying there are going to be players that are going to hit. We don't know. There's not a lot to delineate between them. So it's think, a yeah. It's there a weren't big, a lot of edges. We were no. like, yeah, that ADP looks about fine. Maybe avoid Sky more. Yeah, that yeah. And, take it, away. and 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 to me, I think so. To get back to your question about like the what needs to happen for me to change my mind, so. David Bell, in the pre-draft process, I had as my wide receiver four. He went in the second round, and there were a few guys who went in the first round. That So so things kind of flipped, and, and David Bell moved down a little bit. But you didn't have to draft David Bell in the first round anyway. You were able to take David Bell in the early second. So even though he's a, you know, the, you're a top seven or eight wide receiver for me in this class, the rankings and where you draft them are two different things to me. And I think that's important to, to, to think about when you hear people talking about rookie evaluations and, and figure out where, where they stand is because the, the acquisition cost and, and where they are ranked or rated or evaluated can be two different things. So if the community thinks one thing 
and you think you know another thing i mean that was the that was the sky more where the community thought sky more was way up here and i had sky more down at wide receiver 12 or 13 i didn't have to draft sky more because he was going at like 108 109 all, you know almost invariably people were pushing him up because of the landing spot and because i i don't know uh western michigan maybe that's a thing i don't know Corey davis was from there everybody loves him well no not anymore hey, um <laughs> i'm still out here yeah um no and yeah i think that's uh i think i'm almost leading into a point here i think that's why i'm seeing and i don't know if it's anyone listening or you yourself are seeing it a lot of virtual navel gazing in who is the DeAndre Hopkins did fine, but there's so much more upside because we don't believe that Alave or Wilson um, are that, whatever you want to define it. We think they're great, but not great. Um, and so we're looking, we're squinting at Christian Watson and some are squinting at Jahan Dotson and some are squinting and I'm personally squinting at Burks. Like, can I still believe? Yeah. Because if we think that if there is that different tier of player, and they're in this group. Pickens uh, is the other one, obviously. Um, and I don't know. My normal inclination in this, because I'm a scaredy Freddy cat nerd, is <laughs> I think I just went out. Uh, like, there's probably a Hopkins. There's normally at least two with mega upside in a class. Uh, I think we have three in this year's class well above the line. So maybe the answer is just Drake London because yeah. of the way his season went. He's got upside. Um, and so I want out. Like, I'm looking at their ADP, and all of these guys are worth, like, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Marcus Brandt, and a second. And I'm like, that's – I would take that borderline out. If I can't go up to that tier or that second tier, that CD Lamb, that General Waddle tier with a first added, then I just – I'll trade across. This is not somewhere I want to compete that I know better because you can squint at everything too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but the cool thing about this rookie class, specific to the wide receivers, though, is a lot of these players that you're talking about who had good rookie seasons. So your Wilson, your Alave, your Drake London, even Burks in the the limited run that he got, they all have ability to gain a quarterback who controls the, the like the the passing right. volume. Not necessarily the <laughs> or whatever. Not, yeah. Well, I, but I, but but that, like it. you watch. Well, but you watch quarterback. Like there there are certain quarterbacks where coaches don't let them throw. I mean, Lamar Jackson, for better or worse, has been dialed down, uh, and and hasn't they haven't let him throw. You've seen other quarterbacks come in and and their volume just stays. I mean, it's it's what we talked about two years ago with Stafford going to. Um, going to LA and and you're like okay Stafford is has been throwing the ball 600 650 times in Detroit this is going to be a little bit of a bump in in volume because you know coaches NFL coaches most of the time they're they're not innovative and I say that quasi lovingly like they <laughs> they they love what they love they they stick to what they know and so if a if a quarterback has been successful and thrown a lot, they come in and, and they'll throw. There there is potential for again, Tennessee's gonna gonna probably need a quarterback. I don't think it's gonna be uh Malik Willis. It's probably not gonna be Tannehill. Uh the Jets have to do something. 
whether it's Mike White again or whether they bring in a veteran, they're probably not drafting a quarterback again so soon after Zach Wilson, but like, and I don't believe it's going, I don't believe Zach Wilson gets back there. So, so the jets are, are going to be looking for a quarterback uh, already in uh, Atlanta. There's, there's going to be something happen with that quarterback. I mean, Ritter was eh, fine. So, but I think that they're going to be looking for a, a quarterback in Atlanta. So, so all of these players, with the exception of you mentioned Pickens, I think Pickens has kind of got what he's got. Like this is this is what Pittsburgh is, and so Pickens is the one to me that, as much as we liked him, as much as we put people on him last year, he's the the obvious trade away to me. If you've really? got him, okay. like the the obvious trade away to me. Uh, See, that's uh, kind of where I was going to go. In fact, slightly the opposite way. Again, I don't roster most of these players. I only yeah. had so many rookie picks, and I usually trade them away. <laughs> um, and this offseason, like, it's really uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to make it. How about words, Pete? How about we try that? This is a running back offseason. I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't know what to do about it, but I know next year there are going to be running back breakouts and there's going to be a jump in the running backs who turn out to be the right ones, ADP, strongly uh, by this time next year. And so I want to target running backs. And all of this, and so I filter all of this into that. So I guess my question is just an open-ending one. What to do in general this offseason with the plethora of, situations your team might be in knowing and, and i say pretty confidently the shakeup next year either we're gonna see like a two uh like a just a dead zone if you like of running backs um like if nothing happens running back values are gonna tank even further which will make it even more tempting to invest in running backs more heavily so i think i think the the this this year specifically because of the rookie class and because of the depth of the rookie class and i've i've seen a couple of people already say that this rookie class isn't as deep as as we thought specifically because of the wide receivers and to that i kind of smirk uh because i i think that a lot of people are looking still for that arch type uh calvin johnson wide receiver the calvin des julio that yeah. x and and this class has i mean it's got quentin johnston who is that x receiver but the top of this class is going to be jordan addison who's probably closer to a get open quick near the line of scrimmage and add yards after the catch plus has the ability to go deep when you need it think a, a certain uh wide receiver who currently resides in miami that type of player uh, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I I texted Russ the other day because he was asking me about JSN, and 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 I said that he is Amon Ross St. Brown, except for you know he's coming. <laughs> so like, there's no mystery that he's Amon Ross St. Brown. Whereas with Amon Ross St. Brown, there was kind of that little like battleground: is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? Because he's a slot receiver. Like, so so. I think the receiving the receivers are better in this class, which is going to really spread the the depth at running back out. And so if I can make a trade with my team where I can get, and you mentioned players like Deontay Johnson and Brandon Ayuk, but also you know, people like Cooper Cup, who's coming off an injury, who's a little older, uh Godwin, same thing, Devontae Smith, Jamison Williams, although I'm not as interested in acquiring Jamison Williams because I think you're banking on trading him again. Like I think you're mm -hmm. banking on him coming in 
gaining value. Uh, Calvin Ridley. But if you can get one of those receivers and add a second, you know, so if you if you can make a trade where you send Pickens and you get something back like uh, Devontae Smith in a second or Calvin Ridley in a second or Brandon Ayuk in a second, I think you have buttoned into what you're talking about, Peter, with this the running backs being the buy. Because I think that there, this is this class really reminds me of 2018. Mm-hmm. So you had the the 2017 class, which was just incredible, and you had, uh, I mean, it was just it was stacked. You had uh, Mixon and McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and Fournette and and Kamara and Kareem Hunt, and it was just like it was unbelievable. The next year was uh, underwhelming, but you had Saquon Barkley. At the top mm. of it, you had Nick Chubb, you had Swift, uh, not Swift, you had, uh, oh, who's the guy before Swift who who didn't pan out that, um, well, carry on Johnson. So oh, right. the, yeah, so injured. You, but, but you had, so you had, and you had Sony Michelle who got injured, and you had, um, in uh, Seattle, your guy, Penny. Yeah, Rashad Penny. So you had, so you had, it was a good class. You know, you had depth, but but you kind of you got the injury bug with Penny and, and Sony Michelle. This is a similar class where you've got Bijan Robinson up at the top, who is is that Saquon level prospect. I mean, he's the the third or fourth best running back that I've watched since I've been watching film. Uh you got Jameer Gibbs, who who is a little bit undersized, but a really good pass catcher. I think he's gonna tease you a little bit like DeAndre Swift where everyone's going to hope he's got a full workload, but he's probably not going to do that. Depending on where he lands, he could be like the the, the pass catcher Kamara role. Like he's a, he's a fun player. You've got Zach Charbonnet, who probably gets pushed down a little because he's a four-year player, but he's really good, can, can run it, uh, can catch passes. He can be a three-down back. You've got a couple of, of little like jitterbug guys who – actually carry the ball better than they should for being small in uh, Devin a chain and Tajay Spears. So you've got like, uh, and I've just, I'm just kind of going down the list, but I've already talked about five or six running backs that are interesting. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to carry into that second round and you're not going to get a sure thing. You're not going to get a Bijan Robinson in the second round, but you're going to have a shot at having a player do something like Tyler Algier did this year like Damian Pierce did this year, but with a little more talent behind it. And so that's something I'm interested in. If I can add, again, Calvin Ridley is the guy that I'm right now, still right now, trying to go get because people haven't started thinking yet. You're going to hear it. There's going to be a drumbeat. No, that fits. Like I'm interested in the somewhat muted value. Yeah vets it's weird to think of them as vets when they're 25 26 years old and about to enter the era of the career where they score most points and you can get a second and take a shot at some of these deeper guys i think that's really interesting you know what's what's super interesting to me and and yeah i've heard you talk about before about being rookie driven where you're essentially revolving your team around the rookie draft which is a smart idea but i think most people um fall into the building in three-year windows trap there where you're just hoping to get better based on the rookie class. And you don't necessarily mean straight up um, trying to replenish every year in your, with your, your rookie draft, right? No. Um, and, and and I will – so oftentimes I will draft rookies with the idea that 
I, I'm I hit better than the average with, with my rookie picks. And so if I hit a running back and you get a season out of them, you can trade them to get proof. So I want proven young wide receivers. Like that's the core of my team. And so the okay. goal initially with drafting rookie picks is either to a draft a proven young wide receiver, which is difficult because they're coming in. Like it, it, Justin Jefferson doesn't come in every year. Uh, right. Well, although maybe, maybe he does. Cause you had AJ Brown and then you had Jefferson and then you had chase, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we're in this new era of there's a, there's a guy every year who comes in, but I doubt it. Uh, history tells us that that's not like you, you don't have a number one wide receiver every year. Just that's math. Um, and, 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 but, but I'm trying to go get those players. So I'm, I'm trying to go add players like Jalen Waddle, who I think is a proven young wide receiver, like Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think is, and and you had a really good buy window last year with St. Brown because St. Brown came in for the last seven or eight games of the season and tore it up and everybody loved him and everybody, everybody thought he was worth a ton. And then you had the off season and they drafted Jamison Williams in the first round and everyone came back healthy. And the narrative was, Oh, Amon Ross St. Brown is not going to get targeted because Hawkinson's back. And now Jamison Williams is on the team and DJ Chark is on the team. And, and it's, it's going to be bad for, for St. Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown just continued to do what he does. And so that's what I'm looking for is those buy-in windows on young wide receivers that I think are in that upper echelon. And once I have a team of those guys, what I tend to do is identify a class. And we've talked about this before. And the, the 2023 class was a class that, that I have identified. So like I've got a couple of teams that are building this year that have multiple picks in the 2023 class because this was the class that I was going to go get Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Kayshawn Booty and, and really reload that, that part of, of the team. And especially with a class that's so deep in running backs, I think that's the, that to me is the way I tend to rebuild through the rookie drafts is I'll trade and trade and trade and get the young wide receiving core and then identify a class that's got running backs and then just push in and, and go. And so it was the last time I had um, a rebuilder, it was identifying 2017 and somewhere there's a, there's a dynasty dummies episode where Kyle and I, before the 2017 class, I talked about identifying that. I talked about how I traded picks and, and got into that class and I, I should have gone back and done a, a recap and said, yeah, it worked out really well. I won back-to-back titles because I had all of the running backs from 2017, which was a good year to have running backs. Yeah, uh, pretty good. And, and, and so that's, that's kind of – it's not building through the draft every year in terms of players that you're going to keep, but it's building equity through the draft to acquire the players that you want to build the roster the way you want. And you don't have to build your roster the way I do. I mean, I, I tend to know I was going to mention that like it's not if you're not on the path, get on the path. It's if you're not on a path, yeah. if you don't have a plan for your team. Find, I mean, pick one. There's so many ways to play Dynasty and it can just be go get the players you like or whatever. 
but get on that path and start figuring out how you can play that best. And that's what I was kind of asking about because, like, I think if you're uncertain about where your team's at, one, ask someone. There are so yeah. many of us out here are just thirsty for your attention. Like, <laughs> just ask. We'll we'll spend hours looking at your roster, trying to figure out in the hope you'll follow us if we give you a good opinion. So, like, there's that option. But there's also, I, I think if you're uncertain, and a lot of my teams I'm uncertain at, I just think it's time to draw the line. If I'm uncertain, it's time to say I'm nowhere. So get on a path. Pick a direction and completely revert your roster. And a direction I want to try is aiming for that class on a lot of teams. Um, and it's not 2023, because if you're getting on a yeah. path that too, too late, gone. And you've mentioned the 2024 class is another one you're particularly interested uh, 20, in. 25, thought, 25 with running backs. Oh, the 25 class. Yeah. 24, 24 is, at least from, from the outsider perspective, from listening to, again... It's listening to Travis May. It's listening to the campus, the Canton guys. It's it's listening to to Debbie players that you trust. The twenty four class is going to be a little bit lighter in uh, the wide receiver and and that area. So yeah, they're going to have should have good quarterbacks. Should have you know several quarterbacks that are okay, but um, but twenty five is really the next identifiable class that is going to have. You know, and court, yeah, quarterbacks and running backs, and and then you're going to throw in a couple of wide receivers, and I think that's the thing that we. Forget. That's interesting to me, though. Like we could, and, and let let me say this before I forget it, because I keep forgetting things. Um, I think that's a path, depending on where your team's at or how you want to play. Like you could trade for Calvin Ridley and these some of these older vets we're talking about and seconds, but instead try and target twenty five pick. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares yeah. about twenty five right now. And so even if you don't trade for the right points, you're adding value two years out when no one cares. And I know that sucks. I know dynasty players are always like, oh, trade for two years for now. But that's a way you can try and compete next year, which I'm always interested in. Trade for Calvin Ridley. And if he busts, then it'll be 27, 28 by the end of the season. But you manage to add some draft capital in 25, then it's fine. If you trade for these running backs and they are not the running backs, but you add some draft capital in 25, then you're doing both. And that's ultimately the, I think that's a really interesting path just hearing you talk it out uh, for this off season. And I think it's important to keep in mind too, when you listen to people talk on podcasts and you listen to people talk on, on TV or whoever the talking head is that you're listening to about, you know, if you're listening to about dynasty, when we talk about a class being deep, that doesn't necessarily mean that. And I, I keep seeing this. Oh, second round picks are going to be first round picks. And, and the, it doesn't work that way. Like the second round talent is still second round talent. When we talk about a deep class, it means that there are a couple of quarterbacks and three to five or six really top end guys that we can identify and that are, that stand out. So like in this class just for example, you've got you've got the the two quarterbacks, you've got Young and Stroud who have, have been identified in NFL circles as being really good viable, you know, top 10 picks. Uh then you've got Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs who are supremely talented. They're they are both um so so I have Bijan Robinson ahead of where Brees Hall was last year by quite a sight and Jameer Gibbs ahead of where Ken Walker is. 
so so you've got some real top end talent there. You've got Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, who are all really easily identifiable top end wide receivers. So all of a sudden you're down to pick seven in a super flex of of players that are upper echelon guys that you want to draft with your first round pick you don't have very many questions about that makes that a deep class you're seven deep in a super flex already before we've even gotten to the guys that yeah we like i mean i like zach charbonnet i like Keyshawn butte i like rashi rice like i there are players that i like down uh, you know beyond that top seven but man you got a top seven that just feels good and that's what a deep class is it's not that a second round pick is worth a first round pick it's that your top end of your draft is really solid and i think we get confused about that sometimes like you hear oh this is a deep class and it's a great class and it's a depth is another word for there's a lot of mediocre guys to me like that again well it's just to your point not every class is 2017 and yet we have yeah. had calvin johnson and deandre hopkins like barkley came from a weaker class hopkins came from a terrible class with keenan allen it's always my go-to like yeah i almost don't want deep deep is also where you get less variance that's this year it's like yeah. there's no miss so what's the point you're all even Congrats. Like, I like the <laughs> classes where there's, honestly, 2018. I like yeah. when you get a Michael Gallup. Like, yeah. I know he was somewhat disappointing coming off his injury this year. But, again, we weren't in last offseason. We weren't all about. But that rookie year, drafting him that year. Yeah. Amazing difference maker to your team versus other teams if you hit that. And so I like classes that are a little more spun, a little more take a shot. That's kind of what I like a lot. We should offer the, you know, if you can trade for Justin Jefferson, just trade for Justin Jefferson <laughs> advice, which is where in your league, they're probably not all just mentally broken to where 2023 20, picks are worth anything. So, yeah. yeah, you can probably still play for 2023 in a lot of leagues, in your league maybe. Um, but I would, again, just the always good dynasty advice is pick a path and walk it. And if it doesn't work, you can change it. You can rebuild. That's what we do. Just run hearing through run through the names. Like I recognize a few from research I've done from previous classes, uh, Bute or Bute or bottle or, you know, <laughs> that guy whose name I can't say Bute. Like, like he's really stood out last year. And that's a name that like sparked interest in me when you're talking outside the top seven and I'm thinking, Ooh, where's my Michael Gallup kind of a play. That guy's interesting because I've heard a lot of negative stuff on him already on the, on the whole declaring, not declaring thing. And then, yeah, and there's there's a rumor of a uh, a foray into a, a scandal uh, that that this oh, really? this show is pro- this show is probably not rated uh, enough that we can get into it. But there was a, a, a hotel room and and multiple other people involved. It's again just a rumor, but that's okay. that's uh, swirling around. There he had the double ankle surgery in the off season. So oh. there, there was that, but still like watching his tape, like he, he does this weird thing where like he can be very quick, but it's when he wants to be. So he's like, just kind of, you know, pacing it out. And then all of a sudden he's like, bang, makes a move. And you're like, what, what, whoa, where'd that come from? But he, he does that. He has several double moves, which is fun for me. Like if you can, if you have a wide receiver who is 
good enough to put on a move and then basically change his mind and, and run into another move. So he'll do like a slant and then a go and, and get the, the corner to bite on that first one. He can get deep versus man. He's very good post catch. He's fat. He's, this is a Cooper cup thing, but he's faster with the ball than without it, which, which is fun to watch. So like you're watching him run his route and you're like, Oh, he's not really, he, he's fine, but he's not a, a burner. And then all of a sudden he gets the ball and he houses it. And you're like, where, where'd that come from? And so that's a, an interesting trait with him. He does a good job. And this is something I watch a lot of recently. I, I've, I've tailored my film watching to seeing guys who do a good job finding holes between the levels of zones and sitting down because the, the NFL has gone to cover two. So mm -hmm. the the entire middle of the field, this the it's like a like a 15 to 17 yard. If you can get in that area and understand the way that it's being defended, there are zones are cheats. There are going to be holes in them because players are playing areas, not not people. They're playing people who happen to come in their area. So if you can get in between the areas, you can get open. And Keishon Booty uh, does that really well. Um, and I already said this, but he's not very fast in route and sometimes doesn't separate against man. There's a whole separation is a whole nother. We can, we can get into that some other time, but I know some people don't like separation because of PFF and separation metrics and where they gain it. To me, it's, do you get open enough to, to get a throw and, and that's separation to me. And that's, that's what I want. Like a, a lot of the downfield separation is at least as controlled by the quarterback as it is by a receiver. That's that's you watch uh Jamar Chase. That was one of the things with Chase that people were like, oh, he doesn't separate. And I'm like, yes, he does. He absolutely separates. What happens is he separates and then has to wait for the ball and then he can re-separate vertically. Uh, but I, I think Butte struggles with that. He struggles when he's pressed, he, he's not great with his initial takeoff. Physical corners kind of give him a lot of trouble. Uh, and he did suffer some drops. So, like, yes, there are some negatives with Butte, but I do think that that what you saw in his freshman year and in his sophomore year, I still think that's there. And I think he's going to be, like you said, a player that you may end up getting a little later in this draft that could be a really good NFL player. So long as he's got ankles. <laughs> um, and yeah, in case anyone's wondering, because I don't know what I'm going to title this, but I'm worried it's going to sound like I'm talking about rookies. I'm in the middle of redesigning my 2020, uh, my, my rookie database, which you can pay me for by not paying me. I, it's something I do for free. It's into my timeline. It's on my Patreon. And I'm adding routes data and some other data from PFF this offseason. So I'm actually kind of interested to dig into that. And you can support me on Patreon if you want. But honestly, that's just where the link is. You can go straight to the Google Sheet, download it, and have fun. I haven't yet updated it, but it does have some of their stats from the last few years. I just haven't added their IDs, so I don't know their ages. And also, I don't have the 2020 data in there yet. Um, I don't know why I did that. It's just like I never mentioned it, and I should. But I've been arguing about... I want to get you out in two things. Um, I've been arguing about... Stats, obviously, with nerds this week, mostly. And that's why I'm so drained, because they are very drained. <laughs> about 
um, Christian Watson. So I'd like to ask you first about that. And then I have uh, another question I can't respond to. So I guess we'll use this as the last question um, about which rookie's standing out, just to give you like a forewarning um, that might not be for other people. Um, so what did you see from Christian Watson this season? Is there anything that changed your mind on him at all? Because he's got a great score on my sophomore model, what they should do in the following seasons. And I've been having a lot of arguments about what stats mean what on YouTube. His rookie season went similarly to like kind of how we anticipated because what he, again, what he does is what they had him do. Like the, 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 Green Bay Packers, no, the Green Bay Packers. But not the it, whole season, right? Is this something that he, uh, that's part of what I'm interested in. Was he not well, doing it early and now he is doing he, it he late? Got, but he carry got, on. He got, well, he got nicked up early and yep. he had to do the, of course, Aaron Rodgers is the the veteran quarterback and you have to earn my trust, rookie. And and so like you had you had where he got nicked up and, and then when he came back, he had to gain a little bit of that trust. But once Aaron Rodgers realized that Christian Watson can go downfield, and once they, with LaFleur, once they decided that they were going to run him deep, he's really successful down the field. I, I don't think I've ever watched anybody separate as easily down the field as consistently oh, in right. college as Christian Watson. Like, that's that's in what college. he did. Like, he would yeah, – and, and, he, and he does a similar thing in the pros. Like, if you if you watch what he's doing – He's catching the ball 30, 40 yards down the field because he runs by a guy and puts his hand up. Like that's what he's done. And that was why he was such a tricky evaluation because a lot of the things I look for, he doesn't do. He's not very good underneath. He's not very good uh, against zone. He he doesn't do a very good job uh, catching the ball away from his body when he's when he's in close. So if he's inside of 10, 12 yards, he's he's really prone to having defenders knock the ball away, get a hand around, that sort of thing. But if he's are those used... things he can learn, or are those things you would have imagined he'd develop? Before? I mean, he played for a fairly low conference team, so is it fair to think he can improve? Or maybe, but I don't think you. I don't think you need him to, though. I, I think for an NFL team, like what he does is super valuable to an NFL team. Now, the the concern I have with him going forward, and this is kind of a a hokey hinky concern, is what's Aaron Rodgers do? Because part of the success of Christian Watson this year is how efficient he's been with scoring touchdowns and catching the ball deep. Well, if you look back on efficiency quarterback and, and receivers tied to quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is about as good as you can do if you're a wide receiver. I mean, all the way back to Jordy Nelson, uh, Randall Cobb, and then looking at Devontae Adams and, and, and looking at what Christian Watson has done. Like, he's always been really efficient he throws the ball when receivers are open rogers is not afraid to throw the ball away in fact he probably throws the ball away too much and so you look at the efficiency that watson had with rogers if rogers isn't there does that continue and that's the one like real concern to me is he's he had a lot of he had a lot of touchdowns and that Aaron Rodgers is super efficient. Does that continue? But like what Watson does in terms of getting open down the field, 
he did that in college, and he absolutely carried that into the pros. Yeah, and the more I get into it, the more I realize the counter to most of the things I'm saying is, I still want Olave. I still want London. I still want Burks. All right, and, and allow me to make it more negative because that was too positive. <laughs> um, you're just starting. You haven't finished all, all the asterisks involved and that are necessary. But who is the player that you've seen so far in this class that you think other people are going to get wrong that you're the highest on? The Michael Gallup, the guy no one else will get because they're all bad at this and I'm great. Is there someone standing out to you that way? Man, I don't Why? know. I, I don't know if there is somebody like that. I mean, I guess I'm probably going to be a little higher higher on uh, Rashi Rice out of uh, SMU. Right. I, I've got him right now. And again, I've only watched 10 wide receivers, so I'm not all the way through all the wide receivers. But right now, he's like number five for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does a lot of things that I like to see he feels a little bit uh like that bully over the middle he's got a little bit of speed got a little bit of uh run after the catch can go high pointed if if you want him to do that but can also separate so so has some drop issues and and i think that a lot of the numbers guys not you because we talked about this uh pre-show that that breakout age isn't necessarily the the thing as opposed to like continuing a, a breakout arc i guess is the the best way i i can think of to put it um is that accurate a breakout arc yeah that'll do i take it because he, he he kind of did that where he like he was he was good as a sophomore he was pretty good as a junior and was incredible as a senior uh and i know that that's going to be a knock because he's a senior for some people and and you're you're going to so see a whole Olave, of, man that's yeah. not the, this is not the off season to make that point not that you were making it i mean well, whoever no does. i i'm absolutely like I, I am agnostic to that sort of thing i just kind of look at players and say yeah i think they're they're good and they'll be good in the in an nfl setting or no i i don't see this and so i don't I don't necessarily fall into that trap until after I've evaluated. And then I go start listening to people like yourself and, and uh, people who are much smarter than I am with the numbers. And then I let you guys cast that broad net and then bring in all the fish. And then I check out the fish that you catch and see if I agree <laughs> that, that they're edible. But but that's that's you can tell I can tell you from Maine even if I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. We're, we're hauling in the lobster traps, Peter. It's all good. Um, but, but that's, I think probably Rashi Rice is going to be a, a player that I may be a little higher on. There's going to be a really interesting, um, discussion. I think about Ty J Spears. He was a running back out of Tulane. He is a little bit undersized. He's 5'10", 190, but I don't think I've seen anybody with the burst that he has. Like this, the straight acceleration from the time he gets the ball to the time he gets through the line of scrimmage. I don't think I've seen that in a long time. And, and so there's going to be an interesting conversation with him. He carried the ball this year, 230 times. He had 1580 something yards, 14 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns, sorry. And, and has had this past season with 22 catches last season with 19 catches so he's got that pass catching ability and is really dangerous in space and so 
he is going to be one of those players that I think is going to get pushed down into that second round, probably mid-second, late-second, who is that pass catcher plus that I love to find that. You know, that's that's an archetype that I like where you've got a guy who's probably going to come in as a pass catcher, but has the ability to carry it if you need it. And so I think he's another guy that I, I, I dig on a little bit. I don't know who any of those people are, so I'll just say that. <laughs> get grinding, grinders. Uh, go check out those <laughs> names if you or put them on your list of players to check out. Really appreciate it, Zach. As always, that was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, check them out on the Dynasty Dummies, and that's just it, right? You just do the Dynasty Dummies. Uh, uh, no, I do the Dynasty Grind every Wednesday night at nine thirty on the uh, the DLF family of YouTube channels. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.